Shut up and sit down. I want to welcome everybody to a post 200 episode world of Third Shift. Yes, everybody, it has come and it is gone, and we must move on. The show, as they say, must continue, so it has indeed continued with 201 episodes of Third Shift. We've broken the threshold, and here we are with myself, Mr. Eric, and as per usual, the inglorious bastard himself, Mr. Matt. Before we get on to anything, y'all know the rigmarole, we've got to talk about our weeks. So, starting off, Mr. Matt, how was your week? I feel like it was a pretty good week this week. It was a really bad week last week, and this week has just been a normal week. Been playing Animal Crossing New Horizons, haven't actually had a chance to touch all the new, you know, the new summer update, the swimming stuff, but I'm all, I'm ready for it. Like, I got in. And I was only able to play for like half an hour, so I did my dailies, and I got the wetsuit, and I was like, all right, next time I play, I'm going to do that thing. And then I had no time to do that thing. So that kind of sucked. Played a little bit of Yakuza 5 Remastered on Friday, though. Had a, had a, a little bit of the bubble, just like having some drinks and playing my game. Fantastic and wonderful. Also got into Horizon Zero Dawn a little bit yesterday. Not on stream, just playing by myself, just trying to get more accustomed to that game and get used to the controls and stuff so that when I do play it on stream, I don't look like an idiot. Having fun with that. And then in my spare time, obviously other than playing Borderlands 3 and the new DLC, I picked up uh, King of Fighters 14, which I had bought a few weeks ago and have kind of been dabbling in. That's kind of just been my, I look at the crossbar and I don't know what to play, and I play some King of Fighters and I have a good time with that. I've always liked King of Fighters, Street Fighter, those kind of games. So getting back into it just feels good. I've also been playing something else that is the reason why I got back into it, but I'll talk about that on What You Play in Third Shift sometime, you know? Other than that, that's pretty much it for me. What about you, Eric? How was your week? Well, you said it right. Real life, man, oh man, what a week. No fun there. However, I'm having fun now because I took today off and I took tomorrow off, giving myself a four-day weekend in which I have driven, droven, drivens, drivigans all the way down to Ohio where I am visiting some family, hanging out with them, except for right now where I've secluded myself into a room to record said podcast so that way we do not miss an episode because that's how we do it, okay? Even through vacation, we try to make a show. You know, yes, pat us on the back. Thank you very much. I feel very good. Yes, yes. Yeah. So anyways, on the gaming front, though, all right, playing some Persona 5 Royal. Not much, though, because I promised the daughter, as I said, that we would finish it together, and I'm on the last boss, so I can't play until we can play, which isn't going to be till next week, probably. So there you go with that one. Borderlands 3, as Matt said, I've been in there, tied up the side quest, picked up as much as I could, was going to go ahead and get the gold medal, uh, the gold trophy for doing all the crew challenges, etc., and finishing it all up. But uh, I found that even though I've completed all the maps and looking around, it says the percentages aren't there, and I'm still missing crew challenge things, which, since the maps are uncovered and they're not revealing themselves, I have no idea where to begin unless I go, like, cheat and find some maps, and then just kind of go to all of them, which I'm going to do because, you know, it's too close. One more trophy, and boom, an easy goal. Gotta finish it. You know, it's, it's not. It, it has to get done. But I was hoping I could have done it naturally. Oh, well, didn't happen, but that's all right. Had a lot of fun in that. We're going to talk some more about uh, some other stuff in the DLC here in a little bit. So with that being said, I did some Destiny 2. Uh, there's a big old patch, all sorts of crap going down. 
new exotics out there. I have no idea. I don't keep like you know tight track of Destiny Two and what's going on now. But I'm being told by the brother-in-law that I need to get in there and start rocking and rolling. So over this little vacation here, when everybody goes to bed and there's nothing else to do, I'm gonna pop on and do just that. Now the main thing I did do this week was got the father-in-law into World of Warcraft. All right, and I'll tell you what. It's an experience. He's never played with computers really that much, period. Let alone ever played video games. Let alone an MMORPG. So, as you all can imagine, I I knew that it was going to be a tough sell. And that was going to take some time. But I was not prepared, as Illidan would say. I was not prepared. This man is in here doing the goofiest crap I've ever seen. Making no sense... And I can't even understand it. It doesn't even make sense to me, some of the crazy weird things he's asking and can't comprehend because it's all second nature. And and I'm just, like, baffled sometimes. Like, pick up a quest, Brian. See the yellow exclamation mark. So I pick up the quest, and I proceed to go do quests so that way we get the experience. And then he goes, cool. And I go, did you get that? Get what? The quest. What quest? The, The quest. The yellow exclamation mark. Nah. (laughs) that kind of thing and a ton more it's ridiculous matt's convinced me he says i should go ahead and stream that yep and then uh, make a whole ordeal about having this man who is completely clueless and then playing with his son as well a buddy of mine who just trolls and laughs and is just a goofball and doesn't really give two poops Mm -hmm. and then me pulling what little hair I have left out, trying to get everything to work and, and make it go. So we, have, we absolutely have to see that on stream. I have to see your face get that beat red that it was when you were telling me the story off air, and you're just getting redder and redder and redder, and it's like, that has to happen in real life. I, I will watch every stream you do. I'll stay up late. I'll, leave, I'll watch it all. And everyone else will watch it all, too. This will get us to partner like nobody's business, I'm telling you. This is what's going to hit us off. All right. Yep. Well, it's a deal then. You know what? Well, get it so I'm streaming that bad boy. I've already got the PC set up anyway still from our episode 200, so I don't even really got to do any work. I just push the button and off we'll go. There you go. So there you go. I'll I'll do that on stream. We'll play some of that. Hopefully he doesn't say anything that gets me in trouble because, (laughs) you know, he's a different kind of person, so... We'll see. This could go really poorly or really well. We're going to find out. <laughs> we get notoriety either way. Exactly. So that's been my week in a nutshell. Hoping that this weekend really just uh, kind of negates the, the poor week that we had earlier and everything can go smooth sailing from here on out. But of course, before we get on that boat and sail into the future, Matt, man... Oh man, some games, some things came out. What what's going on? Do you have anything for me? Oh, I definitely got something for you, and you know what it is because you saw me tweet about it. You saw me at the real Doc Funky on Twitter say, "Man, what did I even say? I don't even remember." I'm so excited. I said, <laughs> you said this "Looks like I know what I'm going to be doing at work from now on because Thronebreaker is now available on iOS. So if you have an iPhone, if you got an iPad, you can play my game of the year from 2019. Even though I think it came out earlier than that. Look, shut up. That's how we do game of the years. When you played it, that's when it can be game of the year." 
Throne Break is amazing. If you haven't heard me ranting and raving about how great it is, well, welcome to Third Shift. I guess we've never met before. It's an awesome card battle RPG in the Witcher universe. It's everything that's awesome about the Witcher. The storylines, the characters, the dark tone, the monsters. It's everything about that Witcher world that everybody loves. The base game is, it's kind of almost like board game style. You walk around on this big giant map, move from place to place, get some resources, fight some battles, and then the battles are all card based. You build up your deck of different soldiers with different abilities, play them on the board in all kinds of different places. And the best thing about Thronebreaker is you can basically play it any way you want to. It gives you all these cards that you can get, all these you know cool abilities that you can use to synergize with other ones. I mean, every time I research more about Thronebreaker or decide to be like, I'll just put some Thronebreaker on somebody's stream of it, they're playing it a totally different way that I've never ever, ever heard of. Like, if you get stuck, you can look on the internet, and there's so many strategies for Thronebreaker. All these cool strategies that use cards that I never, ever touched, and they're all totally viable. If you are a creative person at all, if you like strategizing and synergizing, Thronebreaker is for you. Now it's available on the go. I did download it. It was, it's only 10 bucks on iOS, which for a game that's a couple years old, that's fantastic. Aww. From the 30 minutes or so that I played... It plays amazing just on my phone. I would recommend it on a tablet just because some of the phone stuff is a little small. But even the they do a really good job of like spacing stuff out. If you tap on a card, it'll it'll blow up its abilities pretty big off to the side. So everything's nice and readable. The only thing that's a little iffy, if you're just on the phone, is you gotta tap on some small points at certain spots. So that's why I say I'd recommend an iPad for this. But if you only got an iPhone and you want to get some Throne Breaker and you don't have it for PS4, for Xbox, for PC, for Switch, for anything, definitely get it. Play it on the go here. Also, super awesome thing, you can uh, cross-save with your Steam and your GOG versions of Thronebreaker. So if you have those, or if you got them cheap in a sale, and you want to play it on PC, but then also take it on the go, you can totally do that with the same game, the same account. Just boop, 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 pop your saves back and forth and have a great time. I'm going to have a great time. I'm going to get fired because when we sit sitting in the check room playing Thronebreaker, my boss is going to be like... Open up, idiot! You got work to do. I'm like, oh, man, shut up! I got, I got this battle to do. Ah, so that's me. I'm gonna get fired. What are you gonna get fired for playing, Mister Eric? What do you got this week? Well, I don't know if I'm gonna get fired for playing it because this is a title that I want to get, but you know me. Will I get it? Who the hell knows? It's cross code, everybody. Yes, you're thinking to yourself, wait a minute, I heard of this game a long time ago. And you did, in fact, because it was uh, crowdfunded many, many years ago, early 2015, I think it was. It eventually came out in 2018 for PC, and then we haven't heard from it since. Well, as of now, July 9th for the PlayStation 4, Switch, Xbox One, developed by Radical Fish Games, published by Deck 13, you can pick up, once again, CrossCode. It's an action RPG. Wonderful, wonderful little title. It's inspired by, you know, the 16-bit area, so it's got the Super Nintendo graphics going on for it. And it also has this story, which I enjoy so much. Think like Hack.com, where uh, real life is going poorly, something happens, all of a sudden you're in an MMORPG world, and then you've got to save the day to save yourself, or Sword Art Online, you know, just like that. <laughs> I can't, no, stop, I can't let you go on saying Hack.com. It was called .hack, sir. Oh and you're my god, you're it the right. most, So you Jesus. can't even remember it? Come on, guy. Come on, you know I got problems, man. I can't remember the stupid titles. Oh, that's glorious. Everybody knew what I was talking about. I played those games 
like the cat's meow, even helped my master sergeant back then. You know, it's legit. Y'all know I got problems and can't remember titles. It's not my fault. I can't remember names and titles. It's a disease. <laughs> oh, any of those. Like I said, it's inspired by the 16-bit games of its ilk from those days. You know, the mana games, those type of things. So you in the real world are a lady named Shizuka chasing after your brother. You find him. He's dead. Oh, it's tragic. Things don't go well. All of a sudden you pass out. You wake up in this MMORPG as a silent protagonist named Leia. And you have to save the day to get your memories back. So you embark on an adventure. You meet some friends along the way. And then the plot thickens and you start to figure out why you're in here, where your memories are, what the dealio is. And while you're, the whole time, of course, you got the overhead view. You're running around, slashing and hacking baddies. You've got a really cool, expansive skill tree that you can change on the fly. So anytime you want, bam, 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 you can, you know, get some uh, projectiles going, magic, more melee combat, whatever your preference is. Or if you need to change it because it isn't working for a particular boss fight and/or environment, you can do that. And of course, speaking of environments. Inside the dungeons, there's a whole bunch of like really fast-paced puzzle-solving skills you gotta have. So you'll be in there and you've got like a certain amount of time to solve different puzzles. It actually seems to be quite difficult from what's been said, and I would question that because I think uh, what some people think is difficult, I don't think is that difficult. So you know, whatever, teach their own. But they look like a lot of fun. Think Zelda-type puzzles, but uh, you know, some of them get a little complicated because of the time frames you have to complete them in that sort of thing. The combat's definitely really brutal. You will get smashed if you're not paying attention and using your abilities to, you know, full advantage. I like it. It looks great. The music's really cool. I gotta warn you from all the different reviews, they do say the Switch version uh, has some issues and hiccups when you're going into menus and such. So you do gotta be careful there if uh, you really want the true version of the PC from what's been said is still the best. However... You know, we always say everything's better on the Switch, and even with some loading time issues for the menus, I still think it's a great pickup for the Switch, especially seeing that you can play it on handheld, which with the 16-bit graphics and music, just, you know, something's just really perfect about that. So if you're looking for an action role-playing game and you really want to get into a, a science fiction futuristic-y world, in which case you're playing an MMO and then in the real world get affected, you know the drill with these Japanese stories. Check it out. CrossCode might just be for you. So if you want some good gaming on the go, check out both of those. And if you want some free loot, check out Shift Codes for Golden Keys and Borderlands 2. Hit up the Twitter, the Red the Forums, the Instagram. Hit up your preferred Shift Code provider and get yourself all that free loot in that old-ass game. But hey, I will give a shout-out to my buddy Howard and say, hey, if you have the VR version, you can totally play that too. That's a tease. That's a hook for you, Howard. Just listening in there. Ho, ho. Ha, ha. Keep an ear out. Indeed, he should keep an ear out. And, of course, a little snippet, you know, I hear tell Howard might be sending us a little question soon that we're going to have to talk about. Or I should say more mm-hmm. like me, but uh, <laughs> I got to get you over to the house, Matt, because I need you to uh, have to experience it, too, so that way you can talk about it. You know what I mean? That's very true. But speaking of sending us stuff, I would be remiss if I didn't mention right here before we got too deep into the show. You mentioned episode 200, how we're moving on past it. But some people sent us stuff after episode 200. They sent us things for episode 200. We got a voice clip from a buddy Hunter, a.k.a. Generic Tag on Twitter. I'm going to put that in right here. He says, Hello, Third Shift. It's your friend Hunter, a.k.a. Generic Tag, leaving a message to congratulate you on the big 200th episode of your Persona podcast. And, uh, wait, hang on. Let me check my notes here. 
Gearbox Software Podcast? That can't be right. Ah well, whatever it is you guys talk about, keep talking and I'll keep listening. I hereby offer my thanks to Eric, Matt, and our dearly departed Danny for the hours of fun video game discussions. And until you hit your next big milestone, don't forget to save. Thank you for that, Hunter. We also got a message from Danny. You can check that out on the Twitter. So there, I wanted to make sure we did it before we got too far or we went too far into the episode and both of those people turned the episode off and just said, man, they didn't talk about me. Click. We talked about you. We thank you for your input. We did mention it sort of at the end of episode 200, but we didn't say it outright. So I do want to say thank you very much for everybody who put in some stuff, whether it was text messages, whether it was your beautiful voices. I want to thank everybody for contributing to episode 200 because that was fantastic. I always love hearing from the fans, from our friends. That, That makes those 100 episodes what they are. So thank you because I didn't actually just say the words thank you to you guys last time. Thank you. Well, apparently we've lost Eric now, so I'm going to start rolling into the patch notes, in which case there were like two little minor itty-bitty hot fixes of nothing going on, nothing, pretty much nothing happening. I don't even remember what they are because they were so small. So that was nothing, but what they did say in the patch notes slash hot fixes little, little thing they do is they said that one thing they discovered recently with the change that made Mayhem gear drop into chests and the vending machines is they found that the unintended side effect of that is now Mayhem enemies, the weapons that spawn into their hands, now also roll into whatever level of Mayhem you're in. So if you're in Mayhem 2, the baddies are using Mayhem 2 guns against you. If you're in Mayhem 10, they're doing Mayhem 10 damage to you because they're using a Mayhem 10 gun. Now, that's kind of interesting because I noticed when I was playing Bounty of Blood that I felt like I was going down like all the time. Enemies were hitting like trucks. Enemies were shooting all over the place. There were explosions and craziness everywhere, which I liked because it was intense and it was interesting and it was really cool. But now I find out that it's probably just because of this, because of course I'm playing True Vault Hunter Mayhem 2, just because like I said before, that's my fun, go around, shoot, have a good time type difficulty. But apparently that's why that is, the way it is. When we said, I think two weeks ago, that Mayhem enemies don't, their damage doesn't scale with Mayhem, now that's totally happening because of this unintended side effect of the patch before. So that's kind of interesting. It's kind of funny. We'll see what happens. I'm assuming they're going to turn this back down because probably for people who are like, you know, the super farm Mayhem 10 Jones, it's not going to affect them that much because they're God tier, super great. I'm the best at this game ever. But for people who are only playing on Mayhem 1 or 2 or trying to dip their toes into Mayhem, it's going to make it pretty difficult. So, well, I mean, like I said, we'll see. I would assume they're going to turn this back off or find a way to turn it back off. But if they don't, then it's an interesting wrinkle to the system that they had created because now what they intended for it to do, it's not doing. It's doing the complete opposite of it. The tweet about the patch and this, the hot fixes and this little note that we're talking about, they did say they're continuing to look at player feedback and numbers to see what characters need adjustments since the last patch, blah, blah, blah. The kind of stuff that you say when you aren't doing a whole lot right now. Obviously, they are still looking at stuff because we've had two fairly big updates recently. They want to see how that affects the game, how it breaks things, like the Mayhem thing. And that's that's pretty much all there is to say for the patch notes itself. Rolling on into the topic today, I was going to have a back and forth with my buddy Eric here about some weapons, some side quests, characters from the DLC, but he's dropped off the face of the earth somehow. I have no idea what's happening with him, so I'm going to have that little conversation right now with myself. 
Holy mackerels, it's been forever. I don't know what happened. There was a time slip. Uh, I'm sure Matt said something on the show really cool about patch notes. I I don't know. And maybe like people said nice things about us. I don't really recall because something happened and I jumped into the Jurassic Age and I fought off a Velociraptor and two pterodactyls. But now I'm back and I heard Matt say something about a gun and the new DLC. And I was like, what? So what what are we talking about? (laughs) Well, it's just about to go into, I looked at the list of the weapons I saw them all, and I went, I'm never going to get all these. And I went to my inventory, and I went, I have them all, tested them all, and hated all but like 10% of these guns. But what I came to realize is that most of these guns that I didn't like are shotguns, the sniper rifles, the you know the launchers, the slow-firing guns. And when I went, screw these guns, and went back to my normal setup, my OPQ system, and some other guns, what I realized was when I shot those guns, it went, I went, oh. Okay, and when I switched over to the new guns I was trying that I hated, it went poom, poom, poom. My build is all set up around fast firing, fire rate, super doing damage just because your fire rate is so high. So that's why I don't like stuff like the Robin's Call, the Plumage, all those, all the shotguns and the big slow moving guns. I didn't like any of those. Mm-hmm. Ones that did stand out were like the Gargoyle, the COV pistol, because those always have nice fire rates. Uh, Unkempt Herald is just good overall. And then the Light Show, oh, yeah. because when I have my OPQ system that goes, I switch to my Light Show when, I'm, when I need a reload, and that goes, it's super fast, doing crazy damage, just fire rate through the roof, especially with my flak build when I'm standing still and my, fl- my fire rate already jumps. That thing melts people, just destroys them. Their health bar is gone instantly. It's ridiculous. It's fun. It's great. So I'm going to say Light Show is the star of this show. And you got stuff like Unkempt Herald and the Bloom that are pretty good. But anything that's not just automatics, you know, assault rifles, high fire rate SMGs, it ain't for me. So most of these guns aren't for me. But what did you think? So you got one of those 100% right, the light show. That gun is wonderful. It's beautiful. The way it sends out that circular blast, you know, just going back and forth between the two different damages. Mm -hmm. Oh, what a sexy beast that gun is. I got a hold of that, and I thought this was the gun that I was just going to be using forever. And, of course, I did get an Unkempt Herald as well. Fabulous pistol. You can never go wrong having that sucker in your inventory. So I've been rocking with that. The light show, and then the one you've missed. All right, Mr. Matt, and I'm telling you right now, you got to find yourself one. It's called the Miscreant. It's a Vladoff. Mm -hmm. And this sucker, you switch it over to its double barrel fire function, and it blows things out of the water. All right? This bad boy is like my number one go-to gun right now. It's I, I Like I said, I got the light show, and I was like, this is it. Then I got the Miscreant, and... Turned it on to double barrel, and now I just melt faces wherever I go. All right. So I recommend if you haven't found this bad boy to get it because it's a whole hoot and a lot of fun. It's probably one of the best guns I've played with since popping this game on just for damage purposes. And not only just damage, but like solid damage too. It does decent damage against shields. It does decent damage against, you know, the, uh, the barriers, etc. All that good stuff. So I would recommend armor, you know what I mean? All that. Get that one if you don't have it. So you need to look in your inventory and see if that's one of those ones you know you got, but you just be like, ah, whatever, I got like a thousand, I don't know which one to use. 
You need to bust it out. That is one that I do have. That's one of the ones that I have is like a middle of the road. Like I can see that it's good, but for my build, it just doesn't work very well. Like if I, uh-huh. I can see that if using that as like how we used to use launchers in Borderlands 2, like I'm down and something's in my uh-huh. face, I can just wreck shop with that. But I feel like whenever I'm trying to engage at my usual range, which is, you know, fairly mid to long-ish range, the spiral shooting of the rockets, it's just too slow for what I need it for. So the fire rate is just not there for me. You like the fast, fast ping stuff, yeah. That, that's that's what my build's all around. So, you know, for people who, you know, can do those big damages with the less fire rate guns, it's it's one of the ones I put as like a, it's not an X, but it's not a check or a plus, but it's it's one of those like, it's a tilde. It's a little wavy line, like, that's eh, pretty good. It's just not for me. Oh, man. Yeah, well, it's definitely for me, especially because, of course, with moles, you got all sorts of uh, incendiary and uh, explosive damage mm-hmm. bonuses, that kind of stuff. Yep. So I can wreck shop with that bad boy. And lastly for me, I, you know, I've played with almost all of them when I was taking a peek. Just like you said, I, I didn't think I'd gotten a bunch of them, but I actually had. The only other one that I really was really liking was uh, the proprietary license. And it's a Hyperion gun. It has the um, the, radiate, the radioactive on it, I think. I want to say you can get that with poison too, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's just radioactive. I don't remember. The one I got was incendiary, so I think it just might, okay. Might so it does come in the different varieties because I was gonna say I, I the radioactive does seem right, but I, I could have swore I've got a corrosive one too. So, mm-hmm. and I preferred the corrosive one myself. I, I'm just not real big on the nuclear radioactive, whatever you want to call it. I, mm-hmm. I just prefer the corrosive damage because obviously you know helps out in those scenarios where you need corrosive, and it does solid damage. So it was it was worthwhile, but my problem with it is, is I don't think it doesn't, especially having the light show and the other uh, the miscreant. I just don't think it does mm-hmm. enough damage. Like I'll pop the shield, you know, not the shields, but the armor or whatever with it, and then I immediately switch over to something else because it just it's too slow in the red bar, and I'm like, eh. So it's like you said, it's kind of that middle of the road one for me. I enjoy it in certain scenarios, but I don't think it's going to be like a main you know four bar unless I'm going to a particular environment where I know corrosive is going to be. Uh, very good to have. Yeah, I'm pretty much in the same boat on that one. I got it, and I was excited because I like Hyperion SMGs like the Handsome Jackhammer. That was my go-to for a long, long time. So I got it, and it's a high fire rate gun, but it just didn't do nearly as much damage. You know, like I said, mine's an incendiary, but then so is my light show. So I'm like, why do okay incendiary damage with this when I can hit triangle one more time and then wreck and just melt everything uh-huh. it's one of those ones that was on the radar and i was like this is going to be cool and maybe i just need you know better rolls for it or something because you know admittedly i only had one or two of each of these guns so maybe i just got really garbage crap rolls even in mayhem too but it just didn't do the damage that especially the light show was doing so it's it's one of those ones that i, I want to use i want it to be better Compared to what I had already, it just wasn't doing it. And speaking, of course, one that I wish I had, but I don't, or wish I one that hope is great, is the Beacon. Uh, I didn't find this one yet. It's a Malawan pistol, and it could, it'll switch between two different elements, and it's said that it has a very, very, very uh, high rate of fire, like the Hellshock. Oh, nice. You love that, and I love that. I'm hoping to get a hold of one myself. So I can test it out and see if it's right up my alley or not. But uh, no luck so far. It's one of the very few of the new ones I don't have. So I'm hoping to go farm it. Apparently you can get it uh, from Jarek Logan. Uh, so okay. I'm going to go find him and kick his butt over and over until I get it. Because uh, that one sounds interesting. And I love the two element switches. 
it uh, just makes it so basically one slot is two slots. It's, it's a wonderful thing. That's like you said, one of the few that I don't have either. I, I'm only missing like three or four of them, and uh, apparently that's one of them. But one gun that I did find that I do want to mention, even though it's not from this DLC, but it sounds like it is, I got I got the 10-gallon, which is TDR SMG. Mine's all cryo-based, but when you throw it, instead of it sitting on the ground or running around and exploding, it gives you a little floaty gun buddy that also hangs out if you switch to other guns. And I loved it. And plus, it's a 10-gallon, which made me think of an old 10-gallon hat, Western Jones. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, this has got to be one of the legendaries from here. And it totally wasn't, but I had a lot of fun using it anyway because I love, I love friends. You know, I got Mr. Beef. Now I got a gun buddy floating around. Now I throw my OPQ system and have another one. It's just, it's just, I got all these friends. I don't even need real friends anymore. Get out of here, Eric. Oh, come on, man. Don't say that. Okay, I, I'll let, let me- you stay. Let me play. I just want to play with my friends. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and of course, speaking of playing with friends, I wasn't playing with you the other day. Uh, I was playing by myself with no friends. And I got, you know, I was telling you, I was uncovering the map, right? And there was one place, one place in particular, it was the top of all things. I got up here and then there was like this really cool statue, this weird, uh, this weird shrine and all sorts of stuff going on. And I don't recall going that way for any quest. Did we have to go? Do you remember? Did we have to go up there? I'm not sure where it is you're talking about, so I must have missed it too. Yeah, I, uh, I'm trying to recall now where I was exactly. It's it's called the the place that you discover. It's an area, of course. It's called the top of all things, and you have to go do a bunch of the uh, the the jumps with the little jump pads. And it has okay. you just going up and up and up and up and around and around and around all the way up to a super high point. And then once you're up there and you see all this really cool stuff, there is a uh, jump down spot where you do a slide and you go sliding all the way down the side of this mountain, basically. I don't recall being there for a quest and it was really cool because it, it kind of gave me that vibe that I miss in a lot of games these days. I used to talk about with uh, when I used to play, um, not Ion, but uh, the original Guild Wars where you'd go to parts of the map that had nothing to do with the game and nothing that you had to be at, nothing there, and you'd find really cool, weird, exotic crap. And this is one of those scenarios where I don't recall having to go there. I may be wrong, but I went there and I explored and it was a cool little shrine and just like some random stuff and then going down the side of the mountain. And I just wanted to mention that before because, like I said, I haven't really encountered that too much in Borderlands. Most everywhere that's of any importance, there's a quest or a reason to go there. Now, I remember going up a mountain with a bunch of jumps and stuff and finding a shrine and sliding down the side of it, but that was for the McSmugger quest. This wasn't that same area, right? Or I was think it? I think it's in that area, but I don't think it was that spot, but maybe. I don't know. But it, it couldn't have been because I discovered it just that morning, so there was no way because the, the game had already been beaten, you know what I mean? So yeah. I'd already done all the side quests, so there solves my own problem. No, there's no way I could have went there because it was discovered as I got up there. Hmm. But... It was similar to that, yes, but it's in a different area, and it has, like, these skeletons around a little shrine, and on your way up, there's this giant bird statue that looks really weird. Hmm. And then on top of it, there's a waterfall, and then behind the waterfall, you can see a treasure chest. And then when you go through the waterfall, you see the treasure chest has already been looted, so it's like a funny, you know, every waterfall has to have a treasure, but this one was looted, and it screws you over, and you don't get the treasure, and it's sad. So, basically, what I'm saying is... There were several instances here in this particular DLC where you could go off the beaten path and go to like really weird spots and there was nothing there but just some treasure chests and, you know, 
a weird shrine or this or that. Wait, stop, pause the show. Nope, I can't let it go. Usually I don't do this. Usually whatever we do in the show, I just let it ride. I don't record extra stuff for after the show. But I could hear you. I could hear you through the internet, through the through time and the internet, just clickety-clackety-clickety-clacking on your keyboards, getting ready to tweet and say, man, Eric's so stupid, that top of all things is for the McSmugger Quest. Yes, I was right. It 100% is. That's exactly what he's talking about. How did the location not pop for him before? How did he not know that that's what that was? I don't know, but mysterious things go on with Eric's PS4 and Eric's Borderlands games and God only knows, but look, you don't have to send it in. I'll tell him. Believe me, I will lord my knowledge over him. You don't have to. You, well, you don't get to do it. I'm stealing the thunder from you. <laughs> as, so, as soon as he was talking about it, the top of all things and then sliding down the mountain, it's Smugger. I don't know. It's crazy. So just sp- save your tweets. Save your Twitter outrage. Don't go on Reddit and, and talk about it. I got it. We, I got it. I know. I know. I know. We know. All right, back to the show. And I appreciate that. And there's, you know, there's another area. It actually had a film in it, but it was the cool, like, uh, little side area where uh, it showed, like, it was a film casting area where you could tell they were doing that that Godzilla movie that you can go watch if you if you collect the films. And over in the side spot, they had a film there, and then the you could see all the casting lights and the little prop town set up and. You know, there's nothing there but the film thing, but I was like, you know, stuff like that, it's awesome. Like, they set up this whole little spot, this whole little area to tell a little part of the story, a little part of the tale, with little to nothing there as a reward. You just have to go want to see it. You just have to go explore and check it out. Yeah, I definitely feel like they did a real good job of, if not fleshing out, you know, side areas like you were talking about, even some of the areas that you run through, like two or three or four times, there's also side stuff in there, but you have to look for it. Like I was trying to just clear out my map the other day. It was yesterday or the day before when I was playing it. And there's that, I'm trying to think of where it's at, but you're going up through a bandit camp and it's where you're kind of climbing a mountain, kind of in like a spiral going up. And there's, you know, one of the hunt quests is off to the side with the flying things. It was totally where that guy that rips you off with a gun, that was his ending thing. When you go all the way up there, like halfway down that mountain, there's some area with this big T and I kept looking around and looking around and finally found like a couple of ladders on the backs of the buildings. Like you had to go all the way around them, you know, from where you'd normally be at climbing up there. And I think there was a film reel in there too. And then up on top of this weird big, you know, T that was on the map, you had to climb up three or four ladders, go out the top of this thing, hit a jump pad, mantle over some rocks. And then just up there when this area that they just put on the map, so you would see it and explore it. There's a gun case there. I did that, and then I was climbing some other mountain, too, and it was one of those areas where playing Borderlands 2 or the pre-sequel, you and I would go, what's over here? Oh, nothing. And I ran over to this place, and I went, oh, there's nothing here, and I turned around, and there was a gun case, like, tucked away. And I was like, this is this is what it should have been forever. I feel like they're doing an awesome job in this DLC of sprinkling in things you can find, gun cases, reasons for you to be out here. Even if there's nothing else there, it's it rewards you for exploring, which is what we have both wanted for so long. Exactly. And you mentioned the gun cases, and I was just about to bring up the fact that along with exploring and finding those off-the-beaten-path spots, I think they did a great job with the red gun cases this time. Yeah, The red chests, I feel like, are always in these weird little spots where you don't necessarily go naturally ever, but if you do take the time to wander... Boom, there's the red chest. And I was like, this is this is exactly, like you said, what I was hoping for. I want, every time that I decide to go off somewhere into nowhere land, 
there's going to be something good to find over there. So it incentivizes you to do like we used to do and just route ourselves all over the place, going and scouring and jumping up on the second things and the third things and going all over into the corners and looking around, you know, the edges and seeing if there's platforms underneath, et cetera, et cetera, to get it rewarded. And when you do, it feels great, especially when it's a red chest because those, those suckers always pop out something decent. Man, speaking of popping out stuff decent, I don't know if it's just me or if it's because of that, that tweak they put in where Mayhem Gear will roll into chests now. But two days ago when I was playing, literally every chest I opened had a legendary in it. And uh-huh. many had two. Like those red chests, I was popping like three. And, you know, sure, I didn't use them all. And some were for other characters, blah, blah, blah. But it just felt good to finally run up to a gun case, open it up. And be instantly rewarded by stuff. Like when it, when we played through the base game, I got one legendary gun out of a chest that whole time. Whereas we're running through the DLC now, boom, 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 boom. Legendaries everywhere. It finally felt good. I feel like my luck has turned now, Eric. It's turned now that I've on the podcast, Woo. they're going to go, whoa, dial that way back down for him. Oh, no way. No, I, I think you're right. I think, I think your luck's turned around, and I think a lot of people's luck turned around because I experienced this same exact thing can't tell you how many outhouses I found, popping them open. Boom. Dring, legendary. Dring, legendary. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not only just legendaries, but tons of anointed ones, too. And, I'm, you know, I'm only playing at uh, Mayhem 2, just like you, so I wouldn't expect a whole bunch. But, man, I'm just getting really fortunate. A lot of good rolls on them, too. It's, it's just beautiful, and like you said, it feels great. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, getting great guns to choose from, having a good time. I know I'm about to get legendaries from popping these baddies, looking in the trash cans, and all around exploring. This DLC is definitely, I think, where they need to be when it comes to the loot, exploring, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, 100% agree with that. I've just been loving every minute in the DLC, whether it's, like you said, just shooting enemies and stuff popping out finding all the treasure chests, just exploring, having a great time, hanging out with these weird, crazy, wacky characters for the side missions. I've been loving everything about it. I I, I don't even think there's anything that I can say that I didn't like about it. I'm trying to think now. I'm like, no, nah, it was all good. Well, we talked about the story last time and characters and all that. We went through all the rigmarole. The only last thing I did want to mention for this DLC, and I don't know if you, if you liked them, disliked them, or whatever, we'll find out in a second, was the boss fights themselves. Uh, you had Cormash... Uh, Bellix Primus, the Quartermaster, and then, of course, the Ruiner and Rose. Uh, were all these fun to you? Some of them fun, decent, okay, fantastic? I feel like every... Well, okay, uh, may, maybe that'll be the one thing I wasn't super psyched about in the DLC. You mentioned the first two bosses, and I totally... My brain just went, who, what? I remember the Quartermaster and the end boss, you know, Rose and the Ruiner, but... All of the bosses were so easy for me that it wasn't really like a... And I was going to say the same thing, though, Matt. I, I, I think they were all easy, but what if we what if we bump it up? You know what I mean? Does that change anything, do you think? I feel like it's possible, but at the same time, if you bump it up and make it harder, I feel like then they're just frustrating bosses because you're just pumping bullets into them forever. Uh-huh. You know, like the, like the Ruiner almost got to that point for me. And I'm sitting here, you know, pumping away at it with my OPQ system. And I eventually ran out of ammo for it just because, you know, there's, it's not like there are different phases, but when he goes underground, you got to go down and you just, you stand there and shoot him. And when he's up top, you move around a little bit, but you just stand there and shoot him. So if he was more 
beefy, if he was tankier, it would just be less fun for me. I don't know. That's where I'm at, too. Ultimately, I think these these bosses were pretty much kind of tank and spanks. So they kind of got away from doing like heavy mechanics and got back on board with just uh, doing lots of damage, avoiding their big hits and just calling it a day. Yeah. And I hope they don't keep going that way because as we as we gushed about before... I think the mechanics and whatnot are fantastic. I love having objectives to do, and they're not putting, maybe not putting out as much damage, or they don't take as much damage, but making sure you have to like jump at set platforms or trigger set things at certain times to mm-hmm. whatever it is. That kind of stuff I think is fantastic. And I don't think they really did it with these four bosses. It was mostly just, hey, don't get hit by their big laser beam or, or a blast, whatever, and shoot them a whole bunch. So whilst they weren't like, unpleasant like story-wise i thought they were all fine it was fun and it's always fun when you jump into a room and then the boss comes pounding out and you know you get your big lettering and all the cool stuff but uh i I do have to say i think it was pretty much tank and spanks this time around and i don't know if just upping the mayhem would change any of that because in, in some games when you change the difficulty you get extra mechanics i'm speaking mostly of world of warcraft which i really right, love right. that and i think maybe gearbox should check out doing that because i know what they're thinking they don't want to make it so complicated or difficult that their main you know player base just gets angry or aggravated and doesn't want to farm mm-hmm. said bosses because it requires too much of them but at the same time i think there should be an option to up, increase the mayhem level and then the baddies get added functions added abilities or added mechanics that make them more challenging more difficult so that way for those of us who are just there for the fun and the story of it we can have that fun challenge of uh having a very unique individualistic boss fight i feel like as far as the bosses go the one that had the most potential was rose because it was i mean you hadn't seen her before she had the cool like leap in kind of like the fast run the little like uh, aura around herself with her with her blade and her sword mm-hmm. but the one thing that took it away from me in that regard was the same thing that happens anytime i have a one-on-one boss battle is mr beef just chased her around and and bit her all the time so she'd be like ha vault hunter ow 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 and mr beef would just wreck her <laughs> so mm-hmm. it was like you're supposed to have this cool like you know like hide and seek cloak and dagger type stuff around the rocks and dodge your big jumps but it was just mr beef chasing her nonstop. it was like a scooby-doo cartoon <laughs> and it was just me hopping in iron bear and just yeah you did thank you very much you have a great day but i agree with you i did i do think she did have some decent mechanics with her warping and phase shifting around and mm-hmm. stuff but unfortunately, due to me being overpowered and Iron Bear being amazing, it wasn't. Uh, it definitely wasn't a challenge. But I do still, as we said before, love the character, and I hope mm-hmm. they go somewhere yeah, yeah. with it uh, further. But that particular boss fight, yeah, it was just too easy for me, and I'm hoping, uh, hoping that we get more mechanics and, and changes in the future, uh, such as we had for this last like uh, takedown where we gushed about yeah, how the definitely. mechanic in there was fantastic. I hope they do more of that. We'll see, of course. Yeah, definitely, because even in that takedown, when I got hit with the stuff, Mr. Beef usually did too, so I didn't have an instant res just running to my side every single time something went wrong, which is my fault. I gave him the skill to be able to do that, but if I can do that, why would I ever not do that, you know? So it's one of those catch-22s, but I definitely agree, more mechanics, more interesting ways of dealing with bosses, more things they can do would just make it a lot more fun, because... That would make me actually want to maybe farm bosses if they, if they got slightly different stuff each couple mayhem levels. 
Because I'd be like, oh, right, I beat him on here, okay. And then go through it on Mayhem 4 or whatever and see, oh, he's rearing back. What's this thing coming out? What's Why is he building up a giant ball above his head? What is that even? What's what's this? It just, I don't know. Just make it more interesting, more fun. Fantastic. Well, I mean, I guess that concludes pretty much everything on this specific DLC. I think we've covered the bases, character storylines, weapons, areas, loot, bosses we did it matt mm-hmm. i mean we've kind of gone over it uh to an extent i mean i i guess i'm gonna like, i'm gonna finish it out and do the crew challenges but uh maybe i'll toss my thoughts in on those when i finally complete them all but other than that for now i think i'm i'm good you yeah i think i'm pretty good too and just just a quick word on the crew challenges i like them like i don't i don't usually like hunting for you know, different enemies and things, but I feel like it worked in this world. I won't go into it too deep or, you know, because there's only a few that stood out, but I liked coming across something and I'm going, oh, it's going to be this thing. I was like, shoot, I'm going to go kill that thing. I've never felt that rush before. So I feel like everything in this DLC, barring the tank and spank boss fights, like you said, everything's just standing out to me more this time around. And I don't know what it is, but they found the magic with this DLC. And I think it's great. Indeed. I as well think it's great. And I do feel like they got a magic going. And it might have something to do too with the town changing a little bit. Every time you get like a new skin, you can go to the taxidermist and see it. Whenever you save a character, you can go see him in town being silly or goofy. That kind of thing. It all it all adds up. And I'm really enjoying it. And I want to thank Gearbox definitely for putting out some really rocking DLC this time around. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to see what the next one's going to be for sure. And if you guys can't wait to see it, and if you want to let us know your thoughts on this DLC or the past DLCs, any kind of thing at all, if you've got any questions, comments, concerns, if you just want to say hi, send that to us via email at thirdshiftme at gmail.com. Tweet at us at thirdshiftme and find us on Facebook under Third Shift. Oh, you know you can find us on that Facebook, living our best life over there. And we're also living our best life over on that wonderful Patreon we treat it just like a little tip jar. If you like what you're uh, doing in your life and you want to help us be happier in our life, hey, consider heading over there and throwing us a buck, two bucks, three bucks, five bucks, a thousand bucks, or maybe even that coveted $1 million, in which case we'll open up a food line, which I just saw a commercial for yesterday. It was the weirdest thing. It was like, food line, <laughs> groceries are great. You love us because we're food line, delivering fresh fruits and stuff. And I was like... Yeah, you're right, Food Lion. I do love you, and I want someone to give me a million bucks so I can open up Food Lion and just live that dream. So if you want me and Matt to live no, that no, dream... No, Eric. No, no, no. You got it backwards. We hate the existing Food Lion. We're going to make the good one where everyone's going to love it, because they That's blocked true. us on Twitter, those bastards. <laughs> we we are going to make the real Food Lion, not, not one of the imposter Food Lions, because we're going to have mm-hmm. babies in jars and owls. We're going to have the unpatented but soon-to-be-patented cold cocks. We're going to have koi fish all over the place. We're going to have lions running around. We're going to have cameras set up with crazy employees doing weird things, Superstore style. You're going to love it. It's going to be a blast. So maybe someday you'll see that once we get the million-dollar donation. If we don't, that's all right. You know, money's for realsies. you got to pay them bills. We got you. You can support us in a lot of other ways, too, like Facebook uh, likes, you know, those little thumbs, or maybe going over to Twitter and putting little hearts on our things, maybe going to Twitch, following us, subscribing over there, Amazon Prime, you all know the rigmarole on that one. Get over there, check us out. We have fun over there. You can also send us mailbag questions, comments, five-star ratings on the iTunes, any of those things. Support us here at Third Shift and keep us motivated and rocking out. And we're going to be rocking out for our very next episode, episode 202, which is going to be dropping by the 17th of July. 
And you can find that on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Podbean, on Spotify, and on YouTube. And as I always say, if you like what we're doing, you'd like to help us out, please give us a like, a rating, review, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any of those good services, because it does help us out. And we really do appreciate it. Indeed, we do appreciate it. And now I've got to get out of here. I got family waiting downstairs saying, You're on vacation, Mr. Eric. What are you doing? You got to come down here and be a nice guy with your family. No, you don't have to be nice to your family. You can just oh, be Oh, well, I got to do stuff with family. Maybe I don't got to be nice, though. You're right. There you go. Yeah. You go, go, go down there and just treat them like crap and be miserable. It'll be great. Happy vacation, suckers. I'm going to I- sleep in your bed tonight. <laughs> Oh, that sounds fantastic. But you know what? Maybe I'm just going to actually be nice so I can have a great little vacation. <laughs> and until next time, Matt, you know, there's nothing else to say, buddy, but... Shut up and sit down.